And welcome, once again, to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. And joining me is my co-host, Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. How are we doing today? And Matt, of course, can be found on Twitter at GrizzTalkOU, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter as well, at HorizonRT, and you can still find us on Facebook at Horizon Roundtable as well. Uh, so today we got, uh, so this week we're gonna, we have the Horizon League's official preseason poll and preseason picks, um, out that came out this week. And, um, joining us here is a gentleman I found on Twitter, uh, Todd Buggingham. Hey, nice, nice to meet you, everybody. Yes. Uh, so Todd, now uh, you are at major underscore mid at on Twitter, correct? Correct. Yep. Yes. So it, yeah, and um, and Todd, he, he obviously, you know, he's obviously he's been he he has a unique position of following both the Horizon League and the Summit League. And by the way, uh, speaking of the Summit League, we'll want to talk a little bit about one of the Summit League members who's going to be jumping over to the Horizon League next year, but we'll we'll get to that a little later. But um, but he's definitely worth a follow. He definitely was uh, definitely uh, very well well versed in all things Horizon League, specifically this week when he was giving out, uh, he he was tweeting out his, his particular picks uh for the year but uh before we get into that um so it shouldn't come as any surprise that the that the first play that the official poll of horizon league coaches sids and uh media members i'm not sure who who qualifies as quote-unquote media for them maybe it's the uh maybe it's the play-by-play guys i don't know but i'm sorry it's not me i can tell you that it's definitely not me either um, <laughs> but it should, it should surprise nobody that they picked overwhelmingly, that they picked overwhelmingly Wright State to win the conference. So it's, it shouldn't be of any surprise to anybody that they're, you know, that, that they placed as high as they did. Um, they, uh, they on the other, uh, the Horizon League on the other hand, the official poll did pick Northern Kentucky second though. Uh, that was a a little bit of a surprise, but yeah, again, like uh, as we did last week, uh, as we said last episode, you could pretty much you could put pretty much throw a blanket around two through eight, and you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily be wrong. So, but so uh, let, let's uh, so in all honesty, there was there was really no surprises in one through ten. You, IUPUI and Cleveland State are finished to pick ninth and tenth, which is pretty consistent with everybody else, except for one small problem. Except for one weird thing that happened, Cleveland State did get did get picked to finish last, but somebody, and we don't know who, picked them to finish first. I don't think it's that weird. I mean, what it comes, I mean, we'll probably not ever hear of her. Whatever, you know, maybe someone will eventually come out and claim it. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, Gates over at Cleveland State. It's a motivational tactic saying, no, team, I got your back. And I know that we're good enough to win this. So, of course, I voted you first. Why would I vote another team? You know, I know there's other coaches that always do it. My team, my team's going to win. I'm giving my team the vote. Huh. I, I, didn't think you, I didn't think you could vote for yourself, but okay. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure of the, the rules either because Horizon League keeps everything quiet. But I wouldn't be surprised if they are able to or – 
if it's Cleveland State's SID or, you know, someone related to Cleveland State or media or. Possibly. I don't know. It's, I mean, okay. (laughs) Fine. I mean, hey, maybe they'll look way smarter than everybody. I mean, I look stupid right now picking Northern Kentucky as low as I have been, but I'm either going to continue to look stupid if they prove me wrong or I'm going to look way smarter. We'll see, you know, like, hey, have confidence in, in your team and your pick. And I mean, what's it really matter at the end of the day? Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's uh, and like I said, everything else is pretty consistent. Uh, pretty consistent. I mean, we we have it, again two through eight. I mean, they you know the official poll has Detroit Mercy picked finished eighth, which is you know we we picked them seventh. We picked they picked Milwaukee seventh. We picked them eighth. Um, but it, yeah, it's just kind of a yeah we it, they they had Green Bay a little higher than we did. They got Green Bay fin- picked to finish fifth, but again, the honestly the just the just that the middle of the pack, just like it was last year, it, it just seems to me that all of those all those picks are pretty much you know it, it's going to be an interesting year, specifically in the middle of that in the middle of that um, in the middle of the pack at least. Well, so, yeah, I. I've I've been saying that if if I get two through eight right, it's by accident more than it is by yep. knowing what I'm talking about. Yep. I, I and it, yeah. I I mean it. It's I mean at least we're you know it, it's going to be an interesting it's going to be interesting to see how all these things how how these things shake out. Speaking of which, obviously you. Todd, you also picked picked Wright State, so it's uh, it, it, uh, one thing I did me- you did mention um, the you know your your surprise player for Wright State, Billy Wampler, um, and I I, I guess my qu- I, I'd like to ask kind of could you I was wondering if you might be able to elaborate on that because you know we, we saw we saw Billy Wampler's exploits last year and he he looked pretty damn good th- this year last year so. Uh, I'm just curious as you know, how how he'll be able to expound upon that. Well, I, I think the surprise part for him would be um, easily leading them in scoring. Um, I, I think he'll outscore Love. Um, the second really? half of last year is when you really started to see him come on, and it seemed like um, when there was a big shot, it was it was always him. And when there was always the, the last ten games or so, that was kind of when he was really coming on. Plus, uh, he's got that dreamy hair, so I, I, I had to say something about him. <laughs> uh, wait, uh, didn't somebody make a, didn't somebody make a a comment last year that he looked like he was in a boy band? I can't remember if it was, and I can't remember if it was on this podcast that somebody mentioned that. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, that yeah, that boy band member could break your ankle. So there you go. <laughs> yes, yeah, he, he's he's not he's all he's substance as well, not just uh, not just looks. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So um, but yeah, and I also saw that you you had you had picked Oakland to finish third, and more and also um, you, you're also pretty high on Youngstown State because you had them finish uh, picked to finish fourth, and I know we had. Uh, we had John Vargo from the Warren Chronicle Tribune, Tribune Chronicle on um, a couple of weeks ago, who and he mentioned kind of the upside that that Youngstown State has as well. So I'm just um, 
you seem to be pretty high on you know obviously you seem to be high on their uh the the, the transfer from ECU um also Jameer Thomas too I'm kind of interested in kind of getting your insight about uh that guy cuz he you know obviously as we've been talking about the last few episodes is about you know uh kind of having an answer for loud and love in the middle um and you know Jameer Thomas is 68250 he might be able to fit the bill possibly yeah i i will say with youngstown it's really just are they going to grow up yeah um and i they they showed some flashes you know they had the six game winning streak last year mm-hmm. and then followed by the four so if, as soon as i jumped fully on the bandwagon they they lost four in a row um so but oh, i think some of that was just they're so young and the starting lineup is so young i i don't really know anything about jameer thomas it's just he's a high highly recruited juco guy and six eight two fifty if he can play mm-hmm. uh, that, that that translates to the horizon league mm-hmm. um so it uh, it's just kind of one of those things i think they'll grow but it, if if they finished eighth and i would i be shocked not necessarily it's just kind of one of those things are they going to take the next step um i i tend to think that they will mm-hmm. and and so that's kind of where that that comes in. And Jared Calhoun, I think, is a really good coach. So mm-hmm. I, I he seemed to get. I, I tend to trust people that if their freshman the year before stood out. You know, we know not as much about recruits at this level as we do at other levels. Sure. I tend to think that the guys that recruited before tend to know what they're doing, and then they have guys step in that mm-hmm. that we didn't know we're going to. Yeah. Sure. Um. Yeah, and I, I think they also been the, yeah. I, I think the growing up part is going to be important for Youngstown State too, because obviously they they unlike a lot of the other pe- uh, like unlike a lot of the other teams in this conference, they're getting all their starters back. Plus they you know inc- you know up to and including Nas Bohannon and uh, Nas Bohannon and Garrett Covington and Danelle Cathcart. Cathcart. So um, that's going to be an interesting thing. Yeah, I, I think for. For this year, I think it's going to come down for Youngstown State. I think it's going to come down to the coaching and, as you said, growing up essentially. Yeah. So, um, and also to um, I sh- and the official I should point out the official all conference team also came out and again surprising nobody, you know, <laughs> surprising nobody. Antoine Davis is picked as Player of the Year. Uh, they actually had the uh, first team. They actually had a had a little bit differently than we did. Um, we obviously had Xavier Hill Mays. We had Tarkus Ferguson. We had Loud Love on there, but they also they included Jalen Tate. I think we had him as second team instead of Darius Quisenberry, who they have on the first team. And Darius Quisenberry again, another big component for Youngstown State as well. Um, Matt, I'm a little disappointed they didn't have Brad Brechting on the second team. Instead, they had Marcus Adi. Well, and <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, <laughs> the, 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 that 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 those spot the, that second team spot you you have a lot of te- you have a lot of players on there that you can make an argument for to be on that second team. Here, right, here, I, go ahead. Here's my issue with the way that played out, and I realize that Horizon League doesn't really um, you know control it; it's it's voted on, but. Um, I'm pretty sure actually it was a tweet I saw from Todd that I fully agreed with is I don't see the Horizon League letting Antoine Davis be the player of the year 
on the eighth place team. Those don't yeah. like th- that's not how this league works. If Wright State wins it, Love and Love or Wampler is going to have to be the player of the year. That's just how this league works when it comes down to voting. Like unless Davis breaks some ridiculous records this year, like some stuff that we, we don't even see coming yet for whatever, you know, 100 points a game type stuff, like video game numbers. They're just not, he's not going to win player of the year as a sophomore on an eighth, eighth place team. Like that doesn't make sense to me. So already I kind of just shrug off these votes because I, I just don't see the league allowing that. It's not the way voting plays out here. Um, so I, I mean, the Brechting thing is fine. Um, my personal opinion, I've said it a few times on the show recently is, I think the guard play in this league is almost a wash in some ways, and it's going to come down to the bigs. And if Oakland's yeah. going to be, you know, a top seed, it's going to be because of the play of their low people. And Brecken's sure. going to be a second, second team at that point. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and uh, I guess yeah, that would you know that, that makes sense with Brecken. And again, like I said, you can make an argument on that for that second team. You can make an argument for a lot of guys. Oh, yeah. to be on that second team um you know we we had brad brechting on the second team they've got marcus adi and again marcus adi and targus ferguson you know i still i still consider them one of the the best ba- one of the best backcourts in this conference um and i think that's going to be you know that's going to be key to them and I, and todd i actually want to speaking of speaking of ferguson and adi i know you had picked uic to finish sixth um okay. I'm kind of curious, and I'm kind of curious. Is it? it, it do you think you kind of attributed that to kind of the loss of Jordan Blunt, who, yeah. if if I'm not mistaken, is he? Have we confirmed that he's coming? He's going to be coming back at the end of the year, because um, I know, uh, I know Matt. I think you had mentioned a couple episodes ago that he had tweeted out. He had somebody had tweeted out that he was going to be back at the end of the year. I don't think it was me. I don't know if, yeah, I'm trying to remember, but um, I'm trying to remember where we heard that, but um, I guess it is a possibility that, that Jordan Blunt could come back. But that said, is he going to be, would he be a hundred percent? How, how much will you contribute? And, you know, will it be, you know, will it actually happen? <laughs> yeah. And, and the reason I had them sixth when I would watch last year, I, I just wanted more toughness and mm-hmm. the only person that brought that was blunt and, and now oh, he's yeah. at least not going to be there some of the year. I mean, I love watching him play. He's always getting in everybody's skin and, 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 and they he just without him there, who in the world's going to bring that in? It almost feels like one of those teams that mm-hmm. is full of talent, but for whatever reason, it just doesn't mesh into victories. And yeah, I, I, I actually think if if they fall as far as as I predict them, I, it may be McLean's last year. It, yeah, at UIC. yeah. He's, he, I think we, I think we can all objectively agree he's 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 uh he is uh he's fighting for his job. And incidentally, we should point out that and incident uh, not only and incidentally we should point out the fact that uh, he has a new boss now because they UIC actually UIC actually pick their guy this year um yeah it is hold on a second yes michael lippitz is the new ad and theoretically and uh crossing fingers we're going to get him on the show we're going to get him on the show sometime in november so i'm looking forward to that um um, good question okay let's hold on a second let me i figure you're looking at the bio right 
I I am indeed. Where, where does he come from? Who, who's, let's let's figure out UIC's next coach next year if uh, McLean doesn't. <laughs> All right, so he he is coming. He is coming from. He spent he, he spent some time both at. Uh, he's he's been at NC State for the last eight years. Mm. Yeah, so he was uh he was the uh, deputy AD over there. Um, so his big thing was it looks like his big thing was you know running the daily operations, um, and a big thing obviously his his big thing was you know, working on those capital projects, which is interesting because UIC is pretty much built out. I mean, they got people the- in this, in, into their arena, and you know, and fill, fill, you know, they've got a beautiful ba- baseball stadium. They've got yeah. a great arena. They just need to get people there, and it's tough in Chicago, I guess. Well, yeah, that that is true. I mean, that's a, uh, I mean, but it, and it's, I mean, it, it. I guess that will probably be kind of the focal point because that's you know, the, they have the facilities. It's just a matter for them. It's just going to be a matter of getting butts in the seats, and you know. You know that, and and if you're in Chicago, obviously if you're you're in Chicago, you're competing with pretty much everybody, uh, both both at the college level and the pro level. So that's that's going to be an interesting that's going to be an interesting thing for him, and also to the fact that you have a situation where Steve McLean is in the second to last year of his contract, and now he's got to evaluate him. So you know, <laughs> so for you know. So Todd, as you mentioned, if they actually do finish in sixth place, yeah, that's probably going to be the end of Steve McLean. Or oh. if, or if he finishes where we picked him to finish second, well, maybe he gets maybe he gets a new lease on life. I don't know. Exactly. So, so I guess I guess and you you pointed out the 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 fact that the talent is there, but it's been kind of especially in UIC's case, it, it's been an underachieving bunch. I mean, last year. They didn't, you know, last year was kind of a wash for them. Um, so that's going to be, you know, in spite of the fact that I'm having uh, Adi and Ferguson and Blount all on the all, all on the roster. And like you said, Blount, Jordan Blount is, is is a big guy who can get under other big guys skin. I mean, as I mentioned last week, he is loud and loves kryptonite. <laughs> So that's going to be interesting if he does come back. But if he doesn't come back, then that that raises some huge questions, not only for the rest of the team, but for Steve McLean's future in general. Right. And they're as talented as any team in the league. It's not that. It just, I I don't know whether there's the leadership they need. I'm not sure what it is, but there just always seemed to be something missing last year. Mm -hmm. And that could be found this year maybe. But losing losing uh boy my brain just lost it um, <laughs> losing blunt there we go um go. losing blunt is, is i think hurts a lot and yeah. and so i he kind of seemed to be the guy to to kind of pull the team at different times even though he's not the most talented player um so i'd be i wouldn't be shocked if they finish better than i picked them but but to to do better than last year i don't necessarily see it yeah well, yeah, especially since, especially when you have the kind of the middle of the pack in the Horizon League, each and every one of these teams has gotten incrementally better, uh, right. have have gotten have gotten better than they were last year. I don't expect it, and I, I know I know Jimmy and John Parker will probably disagree with me on that. I don't see Milwaukee finishing in last place this year. Nobody does. 
That's all. That's going to be Cleveland State, obviously. <laughs> but but you saw last year. I mean, you know, and Milwaukee actually didn't do bad badly last year uh, until the wheels fell off, and they lost like what eleven in a row or something like that. I mean, I think yeah. Cleveland State and Cleveland State and Milwaukee took turns. Um, Cleveland State and Milwaukee took turns having really large losing streaks last year. So that was an interesting so but but when you look at Milwaukee's roster, you see a lot more improvement with them. So um do, is does that trans but at the same time, are they more improved than say in Oakland, who has you know, has Brechting and Xavier Hill Mays, you know kind of as their core guys and Trey Maddox too, who looks like he's going to be, he, he's, he's poised to have a pretty big, he's poised to have a, a breakout year. Do, do, are they, are they better than a, a Northern Kentucky team that in spite of losing Chris Vote and Drew McDonald, they still have Jalen Tate. Uh, they, they still have that core of Jalen Tate and Tyler Sharp on the team. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. That's, and like you said, you know, trying to pick, uh, trying to pick some of these like in the middle of the pack is is just <laughs> it makes you want to pull your hair out. Right. Yeah. And and you know the funny thing is I picked Milwaukee seventh, mm-hmm. but if I had to go somewhere and put money on a team two through eight based on the odds to win the Horizon, I'd put Milwaukee because the odds would be so good. And there is a lot of talent there. We just have no idea what it's going to look like. When I say things like that mm-hmm. on Twitter, Milwaukee fans are like you don't realize how things happen here kind of thing. <laughs> um, but but that's sort of the fun thing about not being a fan of any team. I, I just, I watch a lot of games and, and try the best to, to see what I see. But uh, you know, you had Tejan Lucas to, mm-hmm. to, to, to be able to move Darius Roy off the ball and Harrison Barnes who played only barely played, but played at USC was a, was a highly regarded recruit who has great size and and a jumper um, for the Horizon League. It, it's an interest, very interesting. And they returned a lot of guys. Abram returned. They're an interesting yeah. team. Todd, I got yeah. a question for you. Yes. You you Todd, you mentioned that you know you're not a fan, and I and that's what I really like about your tweets. But can you tell us a little bit about you? Like I I know I know nothing. Like why Horizon League? Why Summit? Like what where, where, where did your vested interest in these teams come from? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it is kind of an interesting story. I'm I live in Minnesota and um my my two boys are getting a little older and I thought I want to to watch conferences that are close enough that we can go on trips to to watch games. And so about 3 years ago I started watching Horizon League games and then ESPN ESPN Plus came into play which allows you to watch just about everything. And so the summit and the horizon made perfect sense um, to, to basically make those trips um, is, is really the, the reason I started. And then it just was, like I said, with ESPN plus, you can watch on a Thursday, you can watch three games and, and, and then uh, the other nice thing with horizon is that there's a pretty decent um, following of people on Twitter, which made it a lot of fun. So that's kind of how how it came to be. Does I, I I don't think we can uh, Matt. I don't think we can argue that we are an entertaining bunch. I, we try to. Be, I mean, I know I, Twitter is my personal playground when I don't want to deal with real life. Like, 
you can call me a troll. You can call me whatever. It's just, I mean, a lot of times it's my own personal playground. It's my break from, you know, dad and kids and all that, the, the real life stuff. Work. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's not much with the Summit League uh, as far as interaction, at least that I've experienced. So that's why I've gravitated. I remember it was pretty. Yeah. Summit fans outside of, outside of South Dakota State are pretty lame from what, you know, at least when Oakland was still in the Summit, that was our experience was, you know, we even as students, we'd gear up, we were excited to to be crazy and everything. And outside of South Dakota State, like, we got nothing in return. You know, we'd go into IPFW on a road trip with, with uh, you know, 200 students on a bus and get there and they've got 15 students. You know, just, it's a home game now for us. It's, it's, a, it's a kind of boring. You, you look forward to the banter with other other teams and other other students and everything and they suddenly doesn't provide that unfortunately well, yeah. fort, fort wearing better get it together because they're going to be in the league next year and we'll you know we'll we'll yeah <laughs> um they're, they're a lot like um I, IUPUI in my experiences unless things have changed in the past couple of years i mean the students are very similar decent decent sports teams but very little you know community and student outreach on it and that's interesting too, because and I and I, and I you know, I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned you know the your your um your interest in the Summit League because obviously Fort Wayne is going to be a part of the Horizon League next year, and I'm I, I'm interested in you know it, it, when you look at the how they I, I guess I would like to ask you how how you think they're going to fit into this into this conference are they going to end up being like NIUPUI which is just basically a you know basically kind of an also has been an also ran the last couple of years or are they going to do a little better like like say in Oakland um when they jumped into the league um I'm just a little I'm interested in kind of getting your insight on that you know, I, I tend to think of them ending up more like an IUPUI. Um, we went to the conference league turn, uh, the summit conference tournament last year, my son and I, uh-huh. and we sat by, uh, well, you get there and there's not other than the South Dakota state game. There's not many people there. Sure. And so we moved way down and sat by a group of about six or seven um, Fort Wayne fans and and talk to them a little bit but that was about the group other than some students that were that were there um mm. and that was a team with john conchar was on the team um they had a little bit of talent um yeah. and and it just yeah and that was sort of the south dakota would bring people south dakota state um it, it just yeah it was it was it was pretty quiet so i tend to see them going more the way of an iupui but that I, I shouldn't also make big broad statements off of one tournament and one group of fans, but. Oh, come on. We do it all the time. So you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> come on. We spent, we spent the first, we spent the first 15 minutes of the, uh, uh, of the fall fan forum banging on IUPUI. I mean, it's not like, you know, <laughs> you've come to the right place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tried to, be, I was trying to be more polite with my, my bagging on them, but yeah. Well, it's you know, I, I and I, I, you know, from a fan standpoint, yeah, that is that is kind of an issue, especially when it it, it just seems to me that the that the, that the Horizon League decided instead of going decided that you know the demo, um geography was way more important in the next move, I guess. Well, but well, and when and when Oakland had come over, they had been to a tournament, they had been highly competitive in the, mm. in the summit league. 
um, both IUPUI and now Fort Wayne, that has not been, Fort Wayne's never been to a tournament, never, at least in the time I've been paying attention, all that close. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. They, they tend to, Oakland had more indicators that they were going to be a highly, you know, competitive programs are competitive programs. They seem yeah. to stay that way. So, Well, and, you know, at the time when all this started happening, it was surprising that, to me at least, that the Horizon took IUPUI because the one thing that Fort Wayne brings that IUPUI didn't, that, that the league needs, is teams that play baseball. And yes. Fort Wayne plays baseball, which is very key for, for the Horizon so that we don't lose that NCAA uh, bid at any point soon. So that's at least good. But again, Fort Wayne made more sense to me than IUPUI, but I do think the teams are very similar. Um, yeah. I can tell as far as, you know, like I said, facilities, fan base, all that, you know, competitiveness. They're not, they're there. But Fort Wayne at least brings us baseball, which is yeah. at least a good thing. I when I look at I when I look at Fort Wayne compared to IUPUI though I I see a little I see I've see from at least from the men's basketball standpoint I, I see more upside with John Kaufman as the head coach as opposed to Jason Gardner the the dearly departed Jason Gardner <laughs> um, but I see I with at least with with Fort Wayne I just looking at their uh, and just watching a couple of games from them last year. Uh, do, seeing kind of a little bit more in the way of potential, whereas and and not I'm talking about obviously performance on the court. You know, fan base is a whole other animal for them, and, and IUPUI. But um, man, yeah, I compared to, but you're that's that is I think that's correct that you know Fort Wayne made more sense coming into the horizon league when IUP before IUPUI did, but what well, do I know? The other thing that I, again, on outsider perspective, what do I really know? But from my perspective, the, you know, Fort Wayne seems to be making steps as an entire university yeah. to be better. You know, they did drop the IPFW, you know, they, so what Indiana's out to not just Purdue Fort Wayne. So they're just, That's Fort correct. Wayne. Yep. You know, like they're doing things. It seems to get better as a university. They've always yeah. seemed to have a lot of potential. You know, they had Dane Fife as their coach, Mm-hmm. Um, I'm you, he was the youngest Div one coach and he was doing great things. He had great players there. And then he mm-hmm. finally got his opportunity to go, you know, be the assistant at Michigan state and wait for Tom Izzo to retire and take that game. Can't blame yep. him. But uh, Fort Wayne seems to always be trending at least in the right direction. I yes. seems to be happy staying there doing nothing. Yeah. To basically resting on the Ron Hunter laurels. <laughs> They're out for the soup, you know? From, yeah, even though Ron Hunter hasn't been there in, like, what, at least a decade? I got to tell you guys, you met, well, you know, cause yeah, um, Todd, you, you weren't a huge Summit fan, you know, back in the mid-2000s, right? You, yeah. You, newer thing for you. You guys missed the days of Campy and Hunter on the same sidelines against, picking up phones and pretending to call each other. Oh, just the antics between those two. Made I, I was a college student at those times, and it just made basketball for me. That's probably half the reason I'm a fan is watching IUPUI Open Games with Campy and Hunter. Just all oh, you guys missed some great stuff. Well, and from Fort Wayne's perspective, Hunter was the guy that that they went to the tournament and slid on the floor, and yes. that was him. Yeah, I thought so. Um, from Fort Wayne and and IUPUI's perspective. The, the summit has really started to move towards being South Dakota based and yeah. North Dakota. So it, it, it gets harder for those teams that are a, a decent distance with not a lot of, not a lot of budget. Um, it, I think the summit league tournament for the next, at least 
several years is going to be in South Dakota. It it yeah. just, I, I get why they're maybe looking for something different. And the summit is looking at bringing in teams like St. Thomas out of Minnesota. Yeah. Being a little more centrally based that way. Do you think that Western Illinois could be on the move then towards the horizon? Oh, no. But I mean, if it, I they mean, footprint and they fit, I mean, they're no worse than Fort Wayne in a lot of ways and they play other sport. You know, there, there's a lot about schools like that that fit in that footprint as it seems the summit goes towards that, you know, that middle Dakota region and the horizon starts to, you know, really put its feet down in this Midwestern area here. Like, I can see it. Yeah, I, I earlier talked about Fort Wayne not having many fans in the conference tournament last year, but that's quite a travel for mm-hmm. people to, to get all the way to to South Dakota for the tournament um, for a team that's middle of the pack and you're not sure. And the tough thing with conference tournaments, if you're going to travel that far, unless you really want to watch everybody, your team loses in the first round and you've chalked out, you know, made out five days for a tournament and you're out, now you're kind of done. So it, it, I'd certainly get the the move from their perspective. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, and again, because I, you know, looking at the, uh, and again, looking if for me, looking at the geography of it, it, when you, when we saw IUPUI come into the conference, it, you knew it was only a matter of time before another school in, in our geographic proximity was going to join up join us and of course you know and and of course it it became fort wayne um does the horizon league add a 12 team who knows is would it be western illinois who knows um who knows what goes i don't i don't know who i don't know what goes on in the uh i don't know what goes on in the inner workings of the league offices at the moment <laughs> but at the same time yeah but and so that would be you know and I want to circle back. I do want to circle back to to the IUPUI situation because the you know obviously they other than Cleveland State they they they've had the they had the worst off season ever. <laughs> um, but and I, I guess my and I think we talked about this. Uh, I want to say we talked about this last week. We might not have. I don't remember. But um, with IUPUI obviously losing. Uh, losing Cameron Justice as a transfer, that was obvi- that obviously hurt. But I guess the question that I would have, I would pose then, is because they have Marcus Burke coming in from Campbell, um, and I think I might have asked this question last week, but it, it does his does his does his potential does he have the potential to not necessarily replace? Justice's performance, uh, productivity outright, but potentially kind of soften the blow a little bit in terms of, uh, in terms of, you know, Justice's numbers. Yeah, I think so. I think him and Manette make a pretty good backcourt. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll be real honest. Cameron Justice, I never. I always wanted him to lift the team a little bit and that never seemed to, mm-hmm. to happen. Um, I think he's going to do a lot better at Western Kentucky where he can be a part than being, I mean, he's a very talented player. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But I, I see them finishing about the same, whether Burke puts up the exact same numbers, that may not be the case there. There may be other people 
uh, Jalen Minnette may may score a lot more than he did last year, that kind of thing. It may be spread out a little bit more, but I don't see them in a whole lot tougher spot myself. Yeah. Other yeah, than the of- coach change, that hurts. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, it, it will be, I mean, let's be honest, too. You know, Gardner was going to be, you know, coaching for his job this year because he was in the last year of his contract. So, theoretically, this uh, this probably would have been, this might have been Jason Gardner's last year no matter what. So it just happened way earlier. He thought that he needed to celebrate that uh, upcoming doom. I guess. <laughs> But that that also brings but that also brings another question of you know what kind of coach does By- is Byron Rim going to be in at IUPUI and you know obviously he's he he's kind of the fill in but he does have a he does have a coaching he obviously has a coaching ed coaching background do we you know does his will his will he kind of follow the Jason Gardner mold or is he good would he is he more apt to go you know do go his own way I think he has to follow the Gardner route just based on when he took over he doesn't huh. get a chance to to do anything other than you know navigate the ship that was handed to him yeah so but at least they won't at least they won't finish last <laughs> Thank God Cleveland State you know, and I, I, I've been, I've, I've been kind of hesitant to kind of talk about that whole entire situation, um, just because I just wouldn't shut up about it for most of July. Um, but I, I, I think the way that Dennis Gates has the team set up this year is not necessarily is 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 maybe get some minor moral victories out of this group and then work towards next year. I don't know. I think that, uh, I, I do think I, I will say this, the, um, you know, I, I don't, the, the backcourt is a complete mystery to me. I mean, they got cash Thomas and, you know, then a bunch of other guys, I've, you know, a bunch of other guys that are, have come from basically all parts of the world. And I'm not even joking about that. They got a kid from Portugal, Hugo Ferreira, who's also who's on the team. Front court, I thought was a little bit more stable. They got Jalen Hill back, and I thought he was a. I thought he did a damn good job last year, um, holding you know in the front court for this team. And then of course my and I also like I love Spider Johnson's game, so I want I'm looking forward to seeing more of him this year. Um, than I did last year. I guess the big wild card in the front court is going to be Al Eichelberger because nobody knows what we're going to get out of him. But other than that, it's just going to be you can't lose as much scoring as Cleveland State did and expect to do any better than last place. You you just got to you know work with what you got, and I think that's what I think that's what Dennis Gates is doing right now. I mean he he has to. I mean it's it, it's he's, he's literally building it from the ground up. Well, and he's going to be given the time he needs. I mean, he's yeah. doing a lot of great things, you know, recruiting-wise and all that. He's going to get the time he needs. That this is just going to be a rough year, but don't be surprised to see Cleveland State at the end of the year become that team that starts to put some things together and you know, be you know, surprise a couple teams and win some games that no one wants them or needs them to win. And I think that's kind of the and I re, and I do think that is kind of the his end game for this season is is to have those incremental improvements. Hopefully, I don't have those inter, incremental improvements um, 
in, in, again, I'm not expecting any. I'm not expecting any miracles. Um, I'm I'm done doing that. <laughs> but but I I also don't. Yeah, I I don't expect. I I'm not expecting a lot. Of course, nobody else is either. So I mean, I guess when when you have the least expectations, you get the most surprises, I suppose. Well, that's not completely correct. One person is expecting first place. So. Oh yes, what, the the hinky vote. <laughs> one guy. <laughs> well, that that one guy. I don't know if you guys have seen it. That one guy was definitely not ten pound. Uh, the ten pound rank, rankings are out. Uh, I think just today. And, oh jeez. Uh, Cleveland State's the only Horizon League team in the three hundreds. Uh well, I guess that yeah, I progress I, again. I I have I have said that since the beginning since the end of last season I have said very plainly that I think the 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 conference is going to be markedly improved from last season. IUPUI and Cleveland State notwithstanding. Yeah, I, I mean. mean I'm sorry. I'm, just, I'm looking at these rankings. They're they're interesting. There's some things that I'll be curious to see how they play out. I'm not, surprised, I'm not surprised Cleveland State is in the 300s. I mean, I, I am surprised they're the only one in the 300s, but not surprised. Nonetheless, I'm not surprised that they are in the 300s for Ken Palm. I don't think Ken Palm gets. I don't, get, I don't think Pomeroy gets a vote though. So no, Pomeroy's got a IUPUI higher than than Detroit Mercy though, which is really yeah. where where are they where are they ranked? Out of curiosity. Uh, Mercy is in ninth out of the whole out of out of in the ninth in the conference at two fifty three. IUPUI is eighth at two forty six. Mm. Well, that's interesting, and that's interesting that they're you know. And remember, last year we had at least two, two we had at least two or three teams that were in the three hundreds, uh, three hundreds in Pomeroy during the season. Pomeroy and Net um, that you have eight teams, eight nine ranked in this in this league in the mid 250s i mean in in the mid 200s a that that that's at least to me that speaks you know volumes and maybe pomeroy doesn't think that and again the marcus burke factor maybe marcus burke lifts them up a little higher than than we even we think i mean the basement on the summit is higher than the basement on the horizon though which is Sucks for us. They've got Denver at three hundred three, and Cleveland State at three twelve. So things things a little bit higher at their bottom. Yep. And the good teams in the summit aren't nearly as good this year. Right. Yeah. You've got right stage at the top for with for uh, Horizon at one hundred three. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's pretty. Yeah. That's and I think and I'm pretty sure last year we were. Uh, if I want, if, if I remember correctly. Um, I don't think when Northern uh, I don't think Northern Kentucky was that high when start at, at the beginning of the season. Um, so I, I think that, and again, I think that's uh, uh, again, I think that's a testament to where 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 the where the league is situated now as opposed to say two years ago, which was a, when it was a complete wreck. So trending in the right direction. Yeah. He seems to win games. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I know I've talked about Marcus, Marcus Burke, but I also want to ask because this is and we we had a John Parker wrote something on HorizonRoundtable.com talking about you know the the potential impact of transfers and maybe we're kind of you know the, that we may be kind of overlooking them the and their productivity in terms of how good they're going to be in this in this conference. I you know Burke I thought was a a good example and I can't remember I think. Um, 
and I can't remember who else he mentioned. And of course, I'm now I got to look it up because I think John mentioned Tejan Lucas as the other person. Tejan Lucas, yeah, exactly. So it 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 is a, for me. It's always going to be a question of well, if you have all these guys, what do you, you know the you. And then you you have to ask yourself who else is kind of the other guys there. So yeah, I mean he mentioned Rasheem Dunn because he wanted to pour salt in my wound because he didn't even he didn't play a single game at Cleveland State. He 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 he, he sat out his transfer year last year and then left to go to St. John's. I'm like great. So Oakland needs to get Rashad free. Free Rashad. <laughs> free Rashad. Some of these transfers that are getting clearance are so ridiculous. And when Rashad Williams does not get cleared sometime this week, I'm going to lose it. I'm absolutely going to lose it. Because he had a legit reason. He got out of there before the exodus. It had nothing to do with this exodus. Legit reason. And I'm sure he's going to get denied because that's how the NCAA works. Uh, to, to, be, uh, to be determined. Free Rashad! Free, free Rashad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, I, I I'd love to see him play the. I I would love to see Rashad Williams play this year. And I'm not, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I I I know the situation and um the fact that yeah, what well, he didn't necessarily he didn't necessarily start the Cleveland State exodus, um, but his decision kind of was the impetus for it, if I understand it correctly, um, but it doesn't matter now because all those people are gone. <laughs> Off to find somewhere else to go. But anyway, uh, that said, um, we're gonna. I'm going to go ahead and close out the show. Uh, Todd, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, again, at major underscore mid on Twitter. Absolutely. And can I make one correction? Yes. I think I called Harrison Henderson Harrison Barnes earlier. I so. believe you did. I, I didn't even it, – yeah, it's just, just like – Harrison Barnes? Wait, what? Okay. Yeah, as a as a diehard USC fan, I I regret doing that. So yeah, <laughs> sad. Um, <laughs> sorry. All right. <laughs> um, but the, the, Todd, thank you for joining us. Uh, joining us this uh, this uh, this episode, and and as always, you can find uh, episodes of the Horizon Roundtable on HorizonRoundtable.com. And uh, you want to pay attention. We're going to start the. We're we're going to be. You know, I know we had premier. We had preview week, but uh, all our guys are going to start writing a lot more now. One now that the season's ramping up. So, HorizonRoundtable.com. Uh, you can also find episodes of the Horizon Roundtable on uh, wherever podcasts are available, and on your Apple and not Apple, Amazon and Google devices. I don't know if there's an Apple one. So, anyway, that's it. And uh, thank you all for listening.